Welcome to the Global Venturing Review Leadership Series, where we talk to thought leaders from the corporate venturing and university venturing spaces to learn more about how they are changing the world. In today's episode, contributing editor Tom Whitehouse talks to David Gilmore from BP Ventures. Over to you, Tom. Sure, David. How are you? You look well. You've got a suntan there. Good, good to see you. Uh, I, I've yeah. spoken to many of your colleagues and I understand you're, uh, you're, you're keeping well busy and healthy. Indeed, you're, you're doing deals. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear. Yeah. Um, there is some sort of sad news to some extent, which I gather is that, that the news that you are uh, stepping down as head of BP's venturing strategy. That's right. So um, I'm not sure how sad the news is. It depends on, on, on who's speaking, I suppose. But um, Yes, I've, I've reached uh, the grand old age of, of 60 in April and actually a th- I think a third career beckons. So although I'm retiring from BP, I'm actually going to be staying very much in the, um, in the venture world as I'm going forward. I mean, BP now, after a number of years, has, has built a, its venturing capability. And I think it's a good time with a, the new group CEO coming in and he's building the next generation of leadership. It's a good time for me to step down, hand over the baton and actually support the venture team in a different way and I maybe can talk about that later in the interview so it's been fabulous to actually worked um, with a talented group of people both in BP but also in the industry itself I've learned so much and actually have still so much to learn that it's been a kind of a joy to actually work with BP and BP Ventures but also I'm excited about the future of venture capital and corporate venture capital moving forward Tom so I'm looking forward not looking back. Good well GCV likewise looking back on 10 years since GCV was founded, and looking uh, forward to the future of corporate venture capital, which is very much under the um, microscope at the moment, I'd like to ask your feelings about where the industry at large, not just uh, BP Ventures, uh, yeah. where it is, uh, and what, what what we should expect next, and in particular, whether or not you know corporate venture capital will be forced to evolve, whether it will decline whether it will, it will suffer like perhaps uh, other industries that are uh, particularly challenged at the moment. Yeah, what is your view on what corporate venture capital and capitalists should be prioritising right now? Yeah, uh, great question, Tom. So if I take a reflection about really what's, what's been moving forward from what I've seen is that there's been a huge growth in the number of corporate venture capital um, organisations. And I guess that's reflecting both probably a fashion and a fad, but also a deeper understanding about the role innovation needs to play, particularly with an extremely vibrant startup market with um, a fair amount of cash around, a fair amount of dry powder around. That is, is understa- it's understandable to say that there's a rise in growth in that area. I think corporates are understanding the need to innovate, I guess, with um, business models actually having to shift due to COVID-19. I guess, in my mind, there's probably... A corporate, a corporate pivot occurring, not just the pivot which we would talk about in the normal venture world, where organisations have to rethink about how they're going to actually drive revenue and growth. Not every business, but many businesses. So I think corporate venture capital, I think, will have to adapt and adapt to the new reality and the new challenges. And I think there's going to be some winners and some, I guess, some losers, which will be those companies that really do see that innovation in the medium and long term, is going to play a critical role in the thriving of their corporation, or indeed in its, in its mere existence, I think we'll need, need to really think about the role of corporate venture capital within their innovation framework. And I think what probably needs to happen is that corporate venture capital and the wider R&D innovation system 
will need to get even more integrated because I believe the opportunity will be to recreate these corporations. We're using the word in BP reinvention, the reinvention of the corporate through using the insights and technologies and business models of the outside world is going to become absolutely, absolutely critical. So I think actually bringing that external perspective in through the CBC lens, integrating it into the innovation efforts, I think the winners will actually succeed in doing that. Almost by necessity, given the challenge to many people's balance sheets and revenue structures through the particular crisis we're going through, I would expect there to be you know, near, some near-term funding reductions across the whole of the piece. I actually see that possibly to be an opportunity, which is that the CVCs will need to get far more discriminating about uh, what they invest in and making sure it generally is strategic and important for the group. So that will probably be raised quality. But we will have to adopt new practices ourselves. So, for example, the idea of doing a deal online without actually necessarily meeting at depth companies, that's a big debate for me about how successful venture capital, indeed corporate venture capital, will be in the, in the new reality where we won't be necessarily breaking bread and actually mixing other fireside chats. It will be a bit more like this. And how will we build trust and confidence in each other when we maybe not have met each other in the same way that this courting which goes on before an investment occurs. So I think there's a transformation of the corporate. CVC can play a role. I think that's a confidence step by the corporation. I think it's also the corporate venture capital will itself will need to think about its tried and tested practices and evolve those. And I guess, again, it's not the strongest that survive. It's the most adaptable. And I think adaptability and changing the model is going to be very, very important, Tom. Well, I think uh, I hope we do break some bread at some point in the not-too-distant future. I'm, I'm sure there'll be more, uh, more digital content. Um, but I, I still think that some human-to-human contact, albeit with washed hands, etc., is going to be indispensable. But um, talking about the reinvention of BP and the reinvention of the corporation, looking at what you've done over the last few years and what BP Ventures has done, as I would say you've already reinvented your venturing strategy quite a lot, moving okay. away from, or not moving away, but uh, in addition to covering your core historic industries, looking at future industries as well. So I'm going to ask you a difficult question, which is what are you most proud of? Mm. Uh, you know, you've expanded, you're doing more deals, you're allocating more capital, you've got a bigger team, you're looking at different geographies, some really impressive companies in your por- portfolio, but what are you most proud of? Yeah. Can I maybe have just two? Because um, I think one, one thing which I've raised in the previous uh, answer really is, which is impact. I mean, to be honest, I mean, corporate venture capital could look like in, in some areas to be a nice to do, almost a vanity project for a, an extremely ambitious or CEO, as opposed to being something which is within the corporate DNA as being something really, really critical. So, I mean, I picked up the head of ventures and I feel proud that actually I've been able to take BP Ventures forward and it extends its life. It's now almost 15 years old. It's getting a, a strong backing from the corporation. It's been in the strategy at the heart of putting a searchlight on the new businesses and technologies and options BP need to be creating. It's been very successful doing that. So to have played a key role in enabling BP to see a pathway to the future and to actually be able to um, shape the future corporation has been an immense pleasure and also an achievement. And it's not, I'm not talking about myself. We're talking here about the team itself as everyone's played a key role. So that's one area which I'd say huge pride on impact. I mean, the second one is around the team itself, which is I started with a small team in San Francisco in, in the UK, and now I've got a team 
which covers Singapore, China, India. We've got in the Middle East, in Israel, on the East Coast, and in Central Europe. And actually to move from being a rather small localized team to one which I believe we've got, if you like, our arms and legs in the key technology markets. I feel it's done through the people we recruited. And it's not just just the BP people, it's a, the wider network we've got. What that implies also is a huge increase in diversity of the team. So whereas before it was, to be honest, white, female and male, American, UK, we've now got Chinese, we've got Israeli, we've got other people coming in, uh, we've got Spanish, and actually to have a, a team which represents both gender diversity and nationality means that I think we're able to, to bring together different perspectives, and that team comes from very different backgrounds. It's coming from outside BP and inside. So I feel really proud that over the last three years we built a team which has diversity of thinking, of nationality, of gender. And because of that, I believe we're stronger because we're able then to actually include more perspectives. So it's a huge sense of pride I've got in the team we've got and the way they go about their work. I'm really, really proud of my team. Good. I don't blame you. I would like to talk about the energy industry. You can't talk to BP without uh, thinking about energy. It's a challenging time for the energy industry for some obvious reasons. Do you think as a result of this crisis, the energy industry will still be able to participate in its own disruption? Or will it be the kind of victim of disruption from other forces? I guess the question here is, you know, can BP Ventures and others uh, with a real vested interest in delivering uh, power and mobility survive the nasty storm that is, is going on at the moment? Well, uh, another great question. So we could argue BP could face its Kodak moment now, really, which is, does it reinvent itself or believe actually continuing doing what it's been doing very successful last 100 years be the future and deny you can see from the announcements from our new ceo Mm. that we're grasping the nettle of saying we need to be operating as a real force for good in society and that's impacting every step and decision we're taking currently and prepare ourselves and support bp becoming a net zero emission company by 2050 and also for the world. And that's a very important part, which is that we can't achieve what we need in BP without actually influencing the direction of other companies. So I don't believe that BP is actually in the moment where it sticks to its knitting and says, we'll only do what we've done successfully. Rather, the opposite is grasping the challenge of the new and actually trying to understand what it needs to do to invest in the new businesses, uh, which is taking forward. And those new business ideas are built off the last three or four years working with um, the, the wider BP around the focus of these new, new energy, new businesses and technologies and saying which of these are attractive for BP to participate in. What can we bring to those industries and what can we take from them? So we become an active and constructive participant in the creation of the new future for the world in which BP aims to play a good and important part. So I think it strengthens the approach. I think the big challenge for uh, on the capital side is how do we, in a really sensible way, bring together in, in into harmony the requirements of shareholders, employees, stakeholders, and of course the deployment of capital to ensure we move in an appropriate way forward. And I think we will see the actual capital structure flex towards the growth of new businesses. That's certainly happening within BP, where 
Of course, capital is being challenged and cut now with the oil price being so low. But the investment in the new energy businesses has been maintained. So the mix has got richer in the new energy businesses. Of course, we're in a particular challenge now. I would expect that balance and ratio to continue moving forward. I'd like to speak to, to you about some of your portfolio companies. There are lots of them. So rather yes. than ask you to, to pick out one, I'd, I'd like to pick out one, if I may, and yes. talk about StoreDot. Yeah. Uh, StoreDot's company we'll be hearing from uh, uh, later today in, in some shape or form. You're an investor along with Samsung and along with TDK, and I think Damon are in there as well. It's a fast-charging business which has the potential to transform your sort of four-core profile, but also that that can really solve some significant problems in the electric vehicle industry. I think it's one of your first investments in Israel as well, so lots to talk about. But um, yeah, tell us a bit, if you would, tell us a bit more about StoreDot and how you see that being deployed, not just within BP, but perhaps in the bigger picture. I mean... Tom, you're pretty an expert in this area yourself, which is to understand what's needed to really grow rapidly. The electric vehicle market means that we need to be offering a convenience, which is at least as similar as you get through the delivery of hydrocarbons off a retail forecourt. What does that mean? It takes you five minutes to fill up your car, go and grab a coffee, newspaper, come back out again. So the current EV charging system is not allowing that. So we need to, so we need to actually be offering convenience. So leaving aside the retail forecourt, you know, we've got, rain, we've got range anxiety, which is, you know, can we actually get our car from A to B? But even then, if you need to recharge, what you don't need now is a new thing I saw when I was in Oslo last year, is queue anxiety. Mm. So if you think about what's needed to get a population of EV cars on the road, ultra-fast charging, where you're not hanging around for 40 minutes on a charge point, is almost an absolute necessity, because you won't be able to produce a charge point per car, particularly when you're strung out along some of the intercontinental highways. So... This becomes absolutely all-defining, ultra-fast charging, in my view, to the rapid adoption of EV, which then leads to AV, and it starts leading then to the complete transformation of electrification. So the production of ultra-fast charging is critical not just for BP and its forecourt business, but for the growth of the EV sector itself. Otherwise, I think we're going to have real issues around managing growth and the charging infrastructure. So obviously, BP... Investing in a company like StoreDot means that we're committing ourselves to create that future. This is what I mean about deploying capital to shape the future we want to be in. And that company needs to support. What can BP bring to that? We've got a raft of academic, intellectual support we can bring around batteries, which we hold from our networks outside. But really importantly, it's about when you put one of these batteries in a car, what sort of cooling technologies are needed in the car itself, given the amount of power that's going to go into these um, what sort of infrastructure is needed to actually support the deployment of these this technology in the marketplace and this is the critical area so it's not that we want to be a battery manufacturer it's that we need a deep insight into the science into the applications into the surrounding technology where bp being a, a if you like a, a supplier of energy into the mobility area needs to have um, a deep deep understanding and that's what we're getting from this we can support stored up in terms of helping them scale and develop technologies we've got a lot of support there from bp got a lot of great scientists who are helping and we're learning enormously about how what technologies and businesses we're going to need to actually support the development of ultra fast charging so for us it's one of those how do we create the market and participate in a future market and accessing it pretty early on 
to get right as the technology developed and understanding of the technologies we need to build. Mm. Well, I think it's a very exciting technology indeed. And yeah, if you can charge a car, an electric vehicle in five minutes, um, that would be a, a, a significant breakthrough. So, so David, while you've been at, uh, head of BP Ventures, you also launched BP Launchpad, which it, to me looks like a bit of hybrid venturing, but also business acceleration. How would you describe it? And how can you tell us a bit about how that fits into the overall business development and technology commercialization plans you have at BP? Yes, I mean, when I think about the role of venture capital, I'll just talk a little bit generally, Tom, and a bit, then I'll talk about BP, is that venture capital arms can sit a long way off from the corporate centre and maybe their innovation centre, or it can come very, very close. BP Ventures, by tradition, is, is working closely with the operations and with the, with the core. This is what I spoke about, shaping strategy. So when one thinks about what BP needs to do, it needs to grow new businesses within the energy transition. And so one thinks it's we've got our own technology and ideas coming from our own organisation. And we need it to actually create a capability where we can grow those businesses into mature material companies, which is, of course, which every startup needs to do. So you can imagine bringing the venture know-how where we're investors. We know what great looks like from a venture, a venture management team. We know some of the challenges of early adopters crossing the chasm scaling. We know we, can, we, we track and we support businesses through that. Bringing that know-how into our own technology commercialization is a natural fit. So what we're doing with Launchpad is creating that capability and then starting to mesh together venture capital, BP Ventures, some of the ventures we've got into incubation, into the wider support system that Launchpad's bringing to our early startups. So integrating that to a much more strategic capability than being, if you like, a tool to be used to actually shine a light maybe on a future opportunity. So this is what we're doing. BP Ventures and Launchpad together create an integrated capability, which I, I think about this as being, they've got a core common skill set around growing businesses, scaling up businesses from two different perspectives. One from venturing and investing into management teams in Launchpad, into investing into our own management teams where we own the companies and actually bringing those, those skill sets together. And I think that's going to be very important to create the sort of impact needed if one sees the role of the venture capital arm to help the company grow into new business areas and actually um, take a position in those businesses through direct participation. So that's the journey we're on in BP. It's kind of creating our own internal VCPE type fund to scale up things coming out of the company. We've got four in there at the moment. But actually, you know, ventures which we see where they have capability, we can link those in or indeed acquire at some stage if required those companies to stop creating this scale up we can do within Launchpad. So that's an exciting new transformation for BP. There's a lot expected of Launchpad, and the vent and it's building very much off the venturing capability we've been nurturing for the last 10-15 years. So you promised us earlier that you'd talk a little bit about um, your future plans. So yeah. what, what can you tell us? Well, I'll just say for outset, which is um, I'm going to uh, continue to, to work with G GCV as long as Good. you'll have me. I think actually I want to be to maintain a close interest in the work you're doing and actually support where I can. But well, the work I really love is actually working with the, with, um, the startup and scale-up community and just the sheer challenge and ambition working with, you know, ambitious management teams, addressing massive challenges, whether it's a game-changing challenge like, um, like Storedot, scaling a Chinese startup like PowerShell, which I know we'll hear about at GCV in the market. The entrepreneurs... 
I can I can offer to the entrepreneurs some of the experience I've had running international businesses and understanding of investing and growing startups. And I think I'm going to continue my third career. And my first career as a scientist, my second as a businessman, mainly in BP, but with other companies. And my third one will be, I hope, as part of uh, the venture capital industry, actually helping these companies in scale grow. And my main focus is in the en- energy transition. I think I really want to make an impact on how we do move to net zero by um, 2050. That's my you know, ambitious goal. David, that's very good to hear. Well, I know that all at GCV will be very relieved and happy to hear that you want to remain involved. We certainly would expect that. And I know that I can speak on behalf of Jim Mawson and everyone else at GCV when I thank you for your contribution, your significant contribution, both individually and, uh, and through BP Ventures over the years. So we won't be, well, I'm not going to say goodbye. We will say au revoir. Um, yes. And look forward to seeing you and hearing from your new projects as soon as they're ready to go. All right. So let's break bread together, not just individually, but collectively. I do enjoy this. I do enjoy the face-to-faces. So I hope to be there. Is it December? December is is, uh, uh, London, uh, November. You could come uh, to Houston as well. And we expect to be in Monterey in January. Some some of these uh, things are all beyond our control, but those are the plans. All right. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll do that later. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Global Venturing Review was produced by In Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.